My name is Ray Park, you may know me as playing Darth Maul the Phantom Menace, Bone Wars, and also Solo at Star Wars Story. You're listening to Star Wars Stuff Podcast, the force is strong with you all. And remember, sit walk. Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who plays Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, letting you all know you are listening to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Wishing everybody all the best, and may the force be with you. May the force be with you! Hello, everyone, welcome back to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast, where we talk all things Star Wars. My name is Colin. I'm Hannah. And I am really excited about clones. Yes, and that is Hunter. <laughs> we are back. Um, we'll definitely talk about um, Dragon Con on a later date because that's a whole other episode. But uh, th- that was um, our group spent like five days together, which uh, and where we were just kind of filled with Star Wars pretty much the entire time. It, it, it was so much fun. Um, we have more pressing matters to talk about. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, we do. Uh, basically, so if you haven't seen um, the newest episode, you probably shouldn't be watching this current episode that we're talking about right yeah. now. But basically, spoiler alert, live action Clone Wars. That's pretty much what <laughs> of what this episode was. Um, I, I've, I fell in love with Star Wars all over again. I laughed. I cried um it it was amazing uh what were you what were the thoughts going through you guys's head when like you know oh my god it's like captain rex it's like you know on the battle I, of death like what yeah i mean basically the same thing that you said it's and we were just talking about this before the show it that episode was the culmination of 11 seasons of animated star wars over 15 years that tied everything into the 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 original trilogy and the prequels just beautifully i mean the the way that episode set everything up like the the writing for it the acting for it everything was absolutely incredible this this is why you got to pay your actors and writers so they can do (laughs) cool stuff like this absolutely shout out to Mm -hmm. all the people that worked on this um they deserve the highest praise um for everything that they did but i mean yeah that was kind of like what you said it fell in love with star wars all over again it was just like beat after beat of like no way no way no way yeah so my my mind was blown for the whole 40 minutes or whatever yeah, no, I was like, I don't need pre-workout today. Star Wars is my favorite. <laughs> like I was just <laughs> like I, I I was I was like wow like I it's it's so it's so overwhelming of just and this really shows you how great Star Wars can be. And this also proves that Dave Filoni's movie coming out in a couple of years is gonna be amazing because yeah. this was all Dave Filoni, like if uh, you watch the credits after this episode, it's Dave Filoni, Dave Filoni, Dave Filoni. Like th- this whole episode was like his baby, and it makes sense why. Oh, it he- totally makes sense. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, so let's break it down. Um, d- did you guys like the length of this episode? I did. Yeah. I was actually, dude. The things like my heart and brain went through during that episode it was like watching it 
-hmm. it felt like super long but also super short and i think it was there's probably like 10 minutes left and i was like geez this feels like it's been a full-length movie and then i was like oh it's only been a half hour but at the same time like it felt quick you know so yeah yeah no uh so some people got to see it at the theater and um and see i and honestly i and i think a lot of people know how i feel about this but star wars began on the big screen so i was excited for when they announced it but this felt like a movie of just even yeah. watching it in your own yeah home. and i mean not all of the shows that we see or not all the episodes of all the shows that we see do feel that way like they belong yeah. on the on the big screen i mean it's always cool to watch them on the big screen but the way the way everything is like shot and portrayed mm. and all that like it lends itself to seeing it in a massive yeah format in front of you yeah it yeah no it it it, it was done so well but um the episode opens up with some of the crew just kind of wondering what's happening uh and i love jason's connection um to the force to where uh yeah he like hears the lightsaber fights like through the waves and that was interesting yeah Yeah. that was cool and i think this kind of goes back to what to what Brooke was saying a, a while ago for us, because of her point of view is um, it doesn't make sense to have Sabine as Ahsoka's apprentice. And, um, right. and it's because, you know, she's like, Sabine's not force sensitive, but this episode proves that, you know, Hera's not force sensitive. Hera's technically well, not force sensitive, but so the force is through us. My thing with that, like, I, I think it's also the planet i think jason probably noticed it first because he is force sensitive okay. and even though hair is not force sensitive like the night sister like you look at dathomir yeah it's not like just any old planet like that planet has like a very deep tie and like connection to their magic and i don't think they would put something like the i I'm forgetting what like the map area was called, but I don't think they would put something like that somewhere that wasn't connected to the force in a really deep way. Right. And she really had to try. Like Jason was just kind of sitting there. Then he was like, oh, hey, I mean, obviously it's a little deeper than that, but like more or less. And she had to really focus and get to that point. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. And I mean, I know we're jumping the gun, but the fact that they also did mention Kanan too was um was yes. great. Yeah, I yes. love that. Yeah. And I felt like Carson was kind of like the audience that really isn't, you know, that really didn't watch Rebels and stuff of where um uh where the where it's explained to him of who Kanan was and everything, and then Carson is just like Cool. Yeah, he's like, what, like well, what, what the right. hell's going on, guys? <laughs> right. He, and then he they explain it, and he's still like, I don't know what that means. What the hell's going on? Right. And he's just there, but he's also owning like every scene that he's in. And I just, I, I love it. He feels like the Phil Coulson of the <laughs> yes. Star Wars yeah. universe. Yes. For yeah. Sure. Uh, so we then kind of go back to where we left off 
from episode four um uh after they kind of start to investigate of what happened to a suck and sabine and we kind of learn that uh ahsoka is technically in the world between worlds but it's pretty much purgatory so she's on the verge of death and this is kind of it's kind of happening in her head but also it's like she's kind of in in the spirit realm so it makes sense that anakin is there um that's my take from it what do you guys think about that like do you think that she is in like in that kind of like world i mean and it makes sense why it's world between worlds but do you think that she's, you know, that she was actually dying or do you think it was like a force vision? Like, what do you actually think that was happening there? I mean, I think it was really heavily implied that this was a near death experience for okay. her. So she is like on the edge yeah. of like experience or like moving on to a different part of the force beyond like the living realm um but at the same time like that's kind of what the episode itself seemed to indicate indicate to me but at the same time that raises a lot more questions um as far as like anakin and what he was doing there and if that's actually anakin or if it was just a manifestation of like a vision or something ahsoka was having um or if it was really anakin through the force so it's i don't know there's a lot of questions i don't know if we're gonna get answers here in this season or what or ever or who knows but (laughs) yeah i i'm hoping that we get i mean i think there's a chance that we might get a other look at the world between worlds and we might see hayden again that's also a big rumor too that this wasn't the only stuff that he shot and there's also a trailer that that came out a while ago that had lines that we didn't that we didn't hear in this episode Mm -hmm. so my suspicion is that we might see him again um and that might just be the selfish side of me just because of how (laughs) great it was to see um everything that we got uh But yeah, um, seeing the force sensitive side of Jason was amazing. And I love how it kind of pulled in Hera and um, and this whole episode really kind of uh, it built more on the force aspect of Star Wars and it taught us more about the force. It uh, it it really opened up a lot of answers that we've had in the past and questions uh, because my biggest thing was how are they going to explain that Ahsoka got into the world between worlds? Like, how does that make sense? Um, right. And but- that's sort of what I was talking about too. Like yeah. it, you, you hear like near death experience stories from the real world. And it's yeah. like, obviously like something that someone doesn't fit, like their body doesn't physically experience that it's all, like mental or like an out of body experience or whatever. So, and, and also the fact that like they found her still floating in the ocean to me, I don't think any of this happened with her physical form. Like this was 
her somehow being manifested like in that realm. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I a hundred percent agree with that just because it's, um, the force is very interesting and we keep getting more kind of lore to it. But if someone's going to make like something like this makes sense, it's going to be Dave Filoni. And I remember when they introduced this kind of stuff in Rebels, and I knew this was just kind of Dave Filoni uh, channeling his inner George Lucas, because this does seem like George Lucas, it seems like this is something that he he would have dived into. Yeah. Um, this feels like an out there George idea. Yes. It, but <laughs> it works, though. It's weird, and it works. This whole episode was a bunch of the weird sides of star Wars. And I think that's what a lot of the fans love. And I think that's why we all really loved this episode. Um, Because it did bring uh, a bunch of stuff that from our, you know, for most of us, our childhood. And what was your reaction? Like, as soon as you saw, um, Ahsoka standing there, and then you saw the Phase One clone troopers like passing by. Oh, uh, I'd lost my mind. I mean, I know we're not really supposed to swear on this podcast much, but I, you know what I'm thinking. <laughs> oh man, I yeah, and the the pink immediately that keyed me into Teth. Yes, um, and I guess it like. It wasn't really confirmed. They said it was like one of their first missions or their first mission of the Clone Wars or whatever. Yeah. So I assume that it's actually Teth and like the ground kind of looked like Teth and stuff. And if you yeah. look back at the Clone Wars movie too, Rex is the only individual, like individualized paint job that we yeah. see. Uh, all the other clones on Teth, there's some with the blue stripes, but most are just grunts and stuff. And then there's some ARF troopers and stuff, but it like yeah. it, the the paint jobs on the clones fit with that too, so it all points to that. Um, oh, yeah, man. I lost my mind. <laughs> oh man, uh, I just remember of of like I I felt like it was an out of body experience to where like I was transported, um, <laughs> like to back where I was a kid and I was just sitting there and I was like, ooh, this is this is Star Wars, but it's new and if felt like that all over again and people don't understand like how great um like of how big of a challenge of doing this was and for hayden i think he did such a great job of tying in his he, version of anakin and matt lantern's version yeah. of anakin. Yeah. and you can feel a difference in his performance too that and i think it's meant to reflect like anakin's coming of age because he's obviously like he grows as a person throughout the clone wars in revenge of the sith and his performance in the world between worlds he has that like much more mature weight to what he says and and like you can you can, like see it in his eyes almost. yes and then you like in these I don't know if you call them visions or flashbacks or whatever Ahsoka is having that that this manifestation of Anakin gets brought into before um, before it like like there's points where it breaks from it being Anakin of her memory into Anakin as that manifestation from the world between worlds like yeah teaching her and you can tell that difference just in the way that he acts and talks yeah 
it reminds me a lot of like a a version of um avatar the last airbender how he can like do that meditating thing and like walk in the spirit realm yeah it reminds me a lot of that because it's like she's it's like her older self is inside her younger body experiencing these memories again and like i feel like it's the same thing like with anakin it's like that force ghost in the world between worlds where like they all kind of are right and he is like going through these with her because obviously she didn't stand there and be she wasn't like this is the clone wars like when she originally was going through this in real time but like her then and then anakin is like responding how he would then but also like i don't know if i'm explaining no i get i get what you're trying to say yeah uh, it's like, like a time loop type yeah like going through something again and he's responding how he would have if she said that at that time yes. so it's like kind of like that tie-in of like Avatar the Last Airbender almost like a spirit realm going on a journey type thing yeah. I feel like is kind of the vibe I got from it so it's not like her physical body like Hunter said earlier but like she's still going through it and everything feels real and everything is like happening around her yeah no i i 100 agree and something else that 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 carries over in this episode is what dave filoni tries to do in almost every episode of the clone wars or any show that he does is that there's always a lesson uh and this lesson is is for us well in 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 my eyes which i would love to hear of what you guys have to say about this but in my eyes i think the lesson here is ahsoka letting go of the past and 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 just kind of embracing what happened but also embracing all the good things that happened along the way and all the good life lessons that helped her help out other people uh in in her near future and i think she can't let go of the in her mind the legacy of what anakin became which was vader and she can't let that go and i think this was the episode of where Ahsoka finally lets go of the hatred that um, that that Anakin turned into Vader. I think that was the big lesson in my eyes is just her letting go that Anakin became Vader and kind of moving on from that. Yeah, you, I think. Go ahead, Josh. Do you know why we're doing that again? Like the only thing that I would say is that it would annoy me if that's the fact. I'm like, that's the second time it's happened in live action because. I feel like the Kenobi way of doing that was better. Uh, yeah. The whole let, letting go of, sorry that I turned into Vader. The only yeah. thing is, I would say, it's kind of interesting to me that we haven't really, we've seen her in like the animated series having to deal with the whole like Anakin becoming Vader. And I feel like I kind of ditched him and didn't live up to that. But in this, I'm kind of like, the only time we've really seen it affect her is when Balin says, you left him. And because you left him, he became Vader. Yes. And then I was like, oh, she I, she reacted, but I wanted to see like more of her dealing with that. I think Colin is partially right, but the one of the things that really stood out to me, and I forget if it's in this first Teth vision or in the Siege of Mandalore one, I think it's this first one. Anakin makes a remark about like, oh, do you even want a Padawan? Like teaching isn't all it's cracked up to be. And 
like she kind of pauses for a second and you can see her like thinking about that and obviously she has current like experiences with that with Sabine and I I think this is really going to change how she treats Sabine or approaches training someone like Jason going forward um and I think that is closely related to the idea of her feeling partially responsible for Anakin or like connected to him yeah. in that way. And because I think part of her struggle with training Sabine is she feels like she has her faults and she doesn't want to, to push those into her Padawan because she is worried that Anakin did that to her. And yeah, I think the lesson here, and it, it's it's not like there's a it, there's an overarching lesson in all of these these moments, and like there's a reason that we saw the first mission on Teth, the last mission of the Clone Wars at the Siege of Mandalore, and then her fighting Anakin after. So the first one was with Anakin. She's like still obviously very dependent on him at that time. Um. And then the next one at Siege of Mandalore, it, she's, I, I think that's kind of why they had Rex be like, oh, nice job, Commander. And then, like, she's, and that shows she's much more independent. And then Anakin comes in, and that's where there's this clash. And that shows that, like, she is different, and she's not just an accrual of what Anakin has put into her. And then that carries forward when they're back in the world between worlds with that duel. And then she, it's the, I, I choose to live line. Yeah. Like she's not going to let that memory of Anakin and fear of Anakin's Anakin rubbing off on her. She's not going to let that fear kill her and change who she is. Right. Using to just move on. Yeah. I, yeah. The other thing is is that so there's Ahsoka and then there's and the other example would probably be Kanan and Cal Kestis of where these three Jedi were not your standard you know apprentices because they learned during a time of war when you know Obi Wan and those other Jedi were you know pretty much peacekeepers before the war began so they weren't soldiers they weren't fighting all the time so the so the way that ahsoka learned to be a jedi was completely different than what yeah. your standard jedi would learn and that carries on to where you know she takes up sabine as her apprentice and then she's just like well i mean i only like really know how to teach someone like my master did like it's it, it i'm kind of going off of what you were saying where it's like she doesn't know how to do it and she's afraid that you know if she does then it's it's going to be that repeating pattern of what happened to anakin and yeah. this episode was just kind of her trying to break that cycle and when she does it's um which i'll get to that in a second be because her transformation is is is, is incredible like and in, in, in the later part of this episode um i think yeah. like a big thing too is like you see so much of her like 
because obviously this is like current her and little her's body, <laughs> however you want to say that. But she was so young when all of this happened. And you see how much guilt and how much weight she's carried for all of the people she feels like she killed, all the clones she feels like she killed. Yep. Like all of the stuff that she was going through at, well, how old was she when the Siege of Mandalore happened? Like 14. 14? Uh, all 17. Yeah. yeah. Somewhere she, like later teens. Late teens. Yeah. Like you think about the things that people end up doing or feeling because they go through trauma at a young age in the real world. Like all of, I would say she's doing pretty well, but like, I think the reason she was like so cold and so a little bit more condescending, like you don't see as much of her like spunkiness per se in the other episodes is because of a lot of that guilt and a lot of the weight that she like just never let go of. Like again, letting go, there's a recurring theme, but you, I think you see her at the end of the episode with a little bit more of that back. Like how she's like goes on the outside of the ship and she's like yeah. got all these like little like smirks and things. And I think you really I know for me and like some other people seeing her in live action, like you're like, oh my God, she's so tiny. Like she's so young. And I feel like that really just that's something that she's clearly carried for so, so long. And she's so yeah. She's just so small when she's going through literally war. She's running through all of this. At what age is she in this scene? Like oh, Teth, 12? Yeah, Teth would <laughs> Maybe be like 12. 12 or 13 or something. Like, yeah. About like a little kid in the real world running through that in, I'm sure, some mm -hmm. part of the world. And you're like horrified. And like same thing here, but you don't think about it because we've only seen her as like an animated. She looks older animated than she does here. Like mm -hmm. yeah. I think you see her have to let go of a lot of that too. I I and think past it the letting go thing. You hit the nail on the head there. I mean, one hundred percent. You the moment on Teth when she's sitting with yeah. the clone on the That's stretcher, and she, like you can see her you can see that grief in her face and she talks about it with anakin and that regret and feeling of responsibility and then she does literally let go of that clone's hand mm -hmm. as she gets up and walks away which kind of straying away from the story and kind of focusing on like of of that in particular we didn't see any of the clones' faces, which was very interesting. No, I just don't think they wanted to pay to fly Tem up from from New Zealand. Well, which sucks. Yeah, they were also filming at the end of like COVID, right? I forget when this one was filmed. They were, were we filming in 2022. Yeah. I feel like they were at celebration yeah. and they were talking about how they couldn't come because they were filming. Oh, yeah. maybe right? or something like that. Yeah. We were there for in California for something. I don't know. Yeah. But it, yeah. And that is a bummer, but I really don't feel like it impacted no. any of the portrayals at all. No. I think the fact that that one clone that she was holding was faceless too, like despite that they all look the same, um, to her, they were all very different. She was around them like 24 7. So to her, like they're all different people even if they have the same face so i think that her holding the hand of a clone's face who is covered it's like it doesn't matter who it was 
or if she was in charge of them, whatever, or if she was close with them, like she is with Rex, like she still feels the same weight and guilt. And I think that kind of says something. Again, Hannah, damn, like it was like a perfect description. Yeah, like, get, a, get a therapist on this podcast. <laughs> the, the deep insights. I read and write a lot of books and did a lot of that in college. So I feel like that's also lending itself. To <laughs> yeah. Insights, but <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, and kind of seeing it from her perspective also helps you understand the character. So, um, yeah, no, that is a great description of what's happening in the scene. Um, so for me, when I saw the Clone Wars, I'm now we're kind of going to the part where it's like, oh my gosh, wow. Uh, seeing Anakin in the Clone Wars armor, I was dying. I was so yeah. happy. <laughs> oh my so, God. I, I think we're going to kind of get into this now because I know you started <laughs> to mention like Ahsoka's change after she comes out of this. Yes. We got to talk about just seeing this and seeing clone wars for real and like for you crazy it's anakin like anakin's your guy (laughs) yes and like for me like rex is my guy so it's the same kind of thing like Mm -hmm. i so i initially saw the phase one rex in the background in this scene and i was like no they can't just do they can't (laughs) tease me like that they can't just keep them blurred in the background and then he never really we never really got a clear shot of phase one actually like oh i mean i guess it's better than nothing but i'm still a bummer you didn't see him and then the next flashback i there's there it's first just ahsoka and rex runs by in the background like yeah (laughs) and then he comes into into frame and they focus on him and i lost my freaking mind so i was also at that point too i was worried when we just saw the phase one rex i was just like okay is that it is that all we get like come on and um and i'm glad that tamara did actually do like yes yeah um now i i did hear a rumor that uh that that phase one shot of rex was was the phase one armor but the clone helmet, they just added the fin, and that was um so so the phase one helmet actually was a phase two, I mean was a phase two helmet, but unless you zoomed in, I don't think that's true, but I heard that and I was like, that doesn't make sense to me. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't see that being the case. Like it's, yeah, it's less work to have a costume department paint up one of the phase one casts that they have for all these other clones that we're seeing that yeah. is to pay a digital artist to go in and yeah. like roto the helmet in every frame place like- it because you gotta if you're if you're doing that you gotta go in you have to have a lighting a, a lighting map yeah. you have to like you have to have some sort of tracking of the like the spatial placement of the character to be able to like replace that helmet model and then have it move with the camera and everything. So yeah. there's it doesn't make any sense for them to have done it that way to have like just augment a helmet like that. Yeah. 
I couldn't really wrap my head around that because of it was just more than one like channel saying it. And I was like, that, that doesn't make sense to me. So I was like, Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but Josh, you've been very quiet. Um, <laughs> what, what do you, what was your reaction of when you saw like of, of pretty much live action Clone Wars happening, like in, in front of your eyes? It's cool for me, but it's sad in the sense that if you have not watched it, you won't get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, my thing is always been that Star Wars is for everyone, but I think this was the turning episode for me where it became not for everyone. That the only time you're going to get the full like gravity of any of the situation is if you like the Clone Wars. If you were in the Clone Wars, you watched the show, and, and you kept up with it. And I understand like a lot of people were like, yeah, but this will get people to want to go ahead and watch the Clone Wars. Um, it's an animated show. And I know that that is a giant barrier for people into actually watching other Star Wars where they only watch live action. Um, I don't feel like personally this episode, besides being for people who love Clone Wars, I'm like everything that happens in the world between worlds, like, like, I don't, it's not that much of a gravity thing. I... I'm going to agree with you, but also partially challenge that. So like last night I watched this episode with my dad and he has seen like bits and pieces of the Clone Wars, but like, it's, it's not his shtick, right? Mm -hmm. Like he likes to sit down in a theater or like watch an actual live action movie or, or do whatever. Um, and in, in talking with like him or talking to other people who either haven't watched rebels or haven't watched clone wars or rebels. Mm -hmm. Um, I, this episode has way more impact if you've seen it, but I think all of the stuff that Hannah just said about like, you see that she's like a kid at this stage and she's going through some brutal stuff and you can like, just tell from the awesome acting and writing again, shout out to those people that like there is gravity here. And like, it's, it's a learning experience and a a point of development for Ahsoka. It's almost like the clone wars and rebel stuff is like Easter eggs for people who don't or haven't watched any of that. So like, I agree. Like, the impact of everything that all of us Star Wars fans went through is not going to hit them the same way. But I think understanding the actual story there, like seeing her with Anakin, and obviously if you're watching this, you've seen Star Wars probably. Like you've watched the movie. I don't know <laughs> well, why you I would hope so. In, into this show. But like, I think that for people who haven't watched those, that's fair and like because i didn't actually watch clone wars until two years ago because like i didn't have anyone who was as into star wars like i've always loved star wars but i didn't have anyone that like was like hey watch this show with me or something and then like i didn't even know that it was like a good thing until i met hunter so you're welcome (laughs) just gonna put that out there you're welcome so like i feel like for me like this had a ginormous impact but obviously i also didn't grow up with it so i feel like i can almost speak to both sides but like obviously two years is a pretty long time like i've watched the clone wars twice now 
And yeah. like, I loved it the first time. I think I shocked Hunter by watching the whole thing instead of just certain episodes. Yeah, I, was like, <laughs> I was like, it's it's so good. How do you not watch all of it? So I think like, it's very true. Like it's not going to hit you the same, but the actual story part gets across. And I, I don't think they lost sight of that either. Yeah. Just based off of what they said, like some of it was almost a little too on the nose for me like ahsoka saying this is the clone wars and us we're like <laughs> we're like oh my gosh it is uh, <laughs> no way um and then like they specifically say this is our first mission of the clone wars yeah and then when they're at siege of mandalore she's like we weren't here together at this point yeah and yeah, okay. like they kind of explain why these these battles are different they're not just a battle they are a battle of significance at different points in her life yeah. and i think they do a good job conveying that. i think the writers did a good job again the writers i think the writers <laughs> did a good job like putting in the information in a way that they would communicate with each other so that other people kind of know what's going on so Anakin being like, oh, I don't remember this one. She's like, well, yeah, because <laughs> we were separated at this point. And obviously he remembers that and we know that. So then other people can kind of like get that gist. Right. You know? So I feel like they did a good job of putting it in without like, I don't know. They just did it well. I, I also think that as great as it was to have these scenes, to me, it didn't feel forced. Like Dave Filoni knew that this is what fans wanted, but he had to have a reason in order to do the flashbacks. Because I remember watching um, Book of Boba Fett, and it was like, boom, here's a flashback. He's taking a nap. You know, this is happening, right? <laughs> so, what a flashback, taking a nap. Yeah, right. So, but in this show, what? <laughs> thumbs up that show yeah so in uh in uh in this episode it wasn't just to be like i mean i know a lot of people think oh like they just added the clone wars stuff to, to to make the clone wars people happy uh to me it it fit into the story there was a reason behind yeah. it and it's because dave filoni as big of a star wars fan he is he loves um he loves uh kind of giving people life lessons he is a walking fortune cookie we know this because every episode of the clone wars comes <laughs> with some type of like um uh corny line for that that looks like it's from a fortune right. cookie but well, at the same time it's just like you know that's actually good advice and that's what this whole episode was it, it, yeah. it was a life lesson so it made this, sense to have the this yeah. episode was ahsoka's blue text <laughs> yes <laughs> Um, yeah, and I also love how when they jump back and forth from uh, from the flashback Force Visions and Hera and her crew are trying to find like Ahsoka and everything, and you have uh, Huang and Hera kind of talking about you know like Ahsoka and everything, and then Hera's like, "What was Anakin like?" and then he's just like. Uh, intense and it's just like that's that's one great way to kind of sum it up but yeah 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 um but seeing oh man just seeing him 
of seeing Anakin come back in his full glory was just incredible. And I can't believe that that we got the Siege of Mandalore. I can't believe we got Phase 2 Captain Rex. I remember watching this like the third time and I looked at it and I was like, I I, I can't believe what I'm looking at. But also... I- Turned Damn. off this episode and immediately went he, to my computer. He literally just got I, up and left. Yeah, I just got up and left and went to my laptop and started. I went to this scene. It was like screenshot, 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 screenshot. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I was like, I know right where he is. Well, and and that's something that Craig and I and Brooke were talking about as well. When we see Ahsoka, like of where she has her white outfit, Craig was like, I guarantee you. Someone is already a Hobby Lobby or somewhere that has already started to buy the materials to go and make uh-huh. that costume. For uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, but one of the first things that popped on my head when I saw the phase two, like of Captain Rex was, damn, he's built. Like, <laughs> like he is like fit in that outfit and his shoulder pads are kind of lifting up too. So that threw me off a tiny bit, but also again, Jumping from animation to live action is kind of a challenge, yeah. um, but he looked great. It's interesting to uh, me because this was like this whole episode in in the world between worlds. I don't know how much of it was exactly necessary because I feel like if we didn't have all these scenes, right, and we only had maybe like Ahsoka talking to Anakin for a little bit and then she came back, like I don't think anything is lost to the average viewer. This is, yeah, like, I feel like if it was only Ahsoka and Anakin talking for a little bit, and then she chooses to live that same old speech, um, you could have made it like less than 10 minutes of a conversation. And then boom, we're back to the episode. But this was like a big chunk dedicated to like, yeah, you watch the Clone Wars, you know, what's up. Here we go. We're going to give this whole thing. And we hope that like people who haven't watched the Clone Wars can can join in. The only thing is, this is only eight episodes, and I feel like some of the plot threads that we've had from the beginning are kind of going towards the end, and I kind of want to see, like, I'm like, how much time do we have for Thrawn? How much time do we have for Balin's story? How much time do we have for what happens to Sabine and Ezra? And is Sabine going to be, like, trained properly? Like, all this kind of stuff. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if we're going to have enough time. I don't think we're going to get all his answers this season. I feel like I'm, I didn't expect to. Like, yeah. And I'm going to, like, from someone who, like, reads and writes a lot, I can agree that, like, you could have had, especially for, like, a normal audience, like, going back to everything we just said, like, who haven't watched everything that we all have, like, they could have done that and then we could have gotten to other stuff like that's totally very fair but from my other perspective i think this gives a lot more depth and meaning even to people who haven't watched this because like i said before like we got really excited for certain reasons but like average people can understand what's going on and i think this gives a lot more depth because average people don't actually know who ahsoka is like they saw her pop That's up in good point. the Mandalorian. I hadn't really thought they about it. They see her. Level. Like, if I hadn't watched the Clone Wars, I'd be like, who is this? Like, why yeah. should I care about her? 
But I think that this also gives a lot of depth. Like, I agree. She could have just, like, they could have just, like, made it, like, a two-minute whatever thing. But I think that there's so much more depth to her for people to care about her. Because, like, we know that she was his Padawan from, like, the little bits of other shows, whatever, this one and this one that they've said. And like, but people will probably be like, okay, well then where was she in the movies? And then this gives answers and I don't know, more depth to her character, I think. Yeah, the fact that they did spend so much time on it, I think kind of, like it emphasizes that regardless of like what was going on here, like even if they made a longer conversation with Anakin, I think the fact that they spend time on it emphasizes it to an extent as well. And I do want to say, Josh, like I'm not really, I'm not disagreeing with no. anything you're saying. I'm agreeing with it. I, there are some things that I'm like challenging a little bit. Like I said, I think they kind of, they, they were aware of it when they did this, even though this was obviously something they didn't have to do. They were aware of it and they, they tried to make it work, which I think they did. Um, but they, they tried to make it digestible to like a, a casual viewer as well as a longtime fan. I think the only point that I would raise to that is that if you go back to the original trilogy, could you have this exact same scene, but with Luke? Or would you much rather have short scenes of him talking with Obi-Wan? Or would you rather have like a scene of him just talking with Anakin where it's them in their force ghosts rather than them going through different scenes like this. Cause personally, Honestly, I think short so, and sweet is better for me personally. Yeah. And I think that's a totally valid, like personal take on it for me. Like even watching star Wars growing up, Obi-Wan's line of, yeah, I fought with your father in the clone wars or other lines like that, that you get in star Wars that imply there was like a, there's something else that makes what was just said matter or like what you're seeing matter because of like some backstory it implies that there's more there. And me personally, like, I like that. I, I like when star Wars implies a purpose and then we get some of that too in whatever form factor. And I think it's a totally valid way to feel one way or the other. Yeah. And like I said, I just watched this episode with, my dad last night and i i feel like he would probably agree with you on that yeah <sighs> star yeah. wars yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's hard to make something as big as star wars only for a casual viewer because you think yes. about star wars marvel dc star trek like some of the really big things that are out there like they have so much depth to them because of all the history behind them. Oh, and I mean, Star Wars is like, you know, we're filling in gaps. Like you said, like Obi-Wan says Clone Wars. And at that time, everyone's like, what the heck is a Clone War? Like, and now we know what it is. Um, so I feel like it's hard to make it just that because then all of the people who have been invested in it are going to be like, we totally should have gone more in depth. So I agree. Like, again like what hunter said like i totally get what you're saying too like 
you could have made it shorter and we could have like gotten on with this. Um, but I feel like it's hard for them to do it only one way, especially if it's more surface level. I think I would have been like more okay with it if this season was 10 episodes instead of eight. Yeah, that's very okay. fair. Because I always, I've had this like yeah. clock in the back of my head, like, all right, we need to keep going because of what happened with Obi-Wan mm -hmm. and it only being like yeah. six episodes. I was like, yeah. all right, I want to see where this is going. Yes. Um, you don't want to wait for a season two. Like, I'm glad that this is happening yeah. in an Ahsoka show though. Like I wouldn't yeah. want this happening like, in any like this is a Soka show and I like that this whole thing is happening here. But if this I, popped up in another show, I would have been like, yeah. get out of my show. Did yeah. you not like the Mandalorian taking over the Book of Boba Fett? Was yeah. that not your favorite thing? The sad thing is that was my favorite part of the Book of Boba Fett. I know. I know. As a diehard Boba Fett fan, that was my favorite part of that show. Yeah. But to to Josh's point, like I love the Keller and Beck flashback with Grogu in the Mandalorian. But even that was like pushing it okay. for me a little bit. And like, I, I liked it and I'm not unhappy that it was there by any means, but like it was pushing it to the point where it's like, this doesn't feel like it should be in the Mandalorian show, you know? Interesting. But this feels very, very appropriate for an Ahsoka show. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, 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 and again, to me, I'm justifying it like, not because, you know, I'm a Clone Wars fan, but because it makes sense. Like, everything that's happening here is, is like, the lesson. Um, and I think Dave Filoni kind of found that fine line of, you know, of fan service, but also, you know, there's a reason for it. Um, and that yeah. also because this is going to be the last show for a while. Like, Ooh, well, we've got... We've got Skeleton Crew, we've got Acolyte, we've got Andor. For, for a while. Yeah. Like, it's not, we, it got pushed back for all the other ones. Like, if it was back-to-back -back at, like, November of when we thought that Skeleton Crew was coming out, I'd have been, like, awesome. Yeah. But this is, like, the last Star Wars for a solid, like, almost six months. So yeah. I'm, like, that's a half of a year I'm waiting until the next It Star is so <laughs> wild that we are talking about that like it's a long time <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say like i feel like because like i said before like i read a lot and there's a lot of series that i wait for like two years for a book so i totally understand wanting something <laughs> to like just happen or to like waiting for the next thing is just it feels like forever especially because like you like almost like grieve when it's over. You're like, what the heck am I supposed to do every Tuesday night now? Like I had all of this happiness and serotonin every Tuesday. And then now you're like, this thing that you love is like, uh, it's gone for however many months until the next Star Wars thing or the next Ahsoka season. I'm assuming that they will do a second one. Um, I knew from the beginning they wouldn't be able to cram everything into one season. <laughs> so, well, here's my theory: is that I think that if this if the show ends on a kind of sad note, that it's gonna lead into the Dave Filoni movie that he's gonna be making because they stopped production. Yeah. Of, they're not gonna do a, another season of Mandalorian. It's going to end with the Dave Filoni movie. Yeah, so well, I, thought, I think, no, I thought there were, but they, there's one more season before that, right? I thought potentially. So. Um, so 
So they, uh, so again, there's a lot of things happening in the air right now, especially with the strike happening. That's not right. Yeah, yeah studios so. pay your actors and writers so oh, we can get more see. cool stuff. Yep. Uh, and, and they can live like that's important too to have a living. <laughs> we wage. like to we like to be able to eat food and stuff, you know. Yeah. Good. Uh, but. Basically, there's a lot of things up in the air. For example, what 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 Josh was saying was we were supposed to get Skeleton Crew this November, but right. yeah. because of everything going on, that got pushed back. And next year, um, you know, some things might not even happen because next year the like the lineup was uh, was Acolyte, Andor season two, Bad Batch season three, Tales of the Jedi season two. All that was going to be happening next year, and and. Now, you know, things might get pushed back even further. Uh, so season four has been written. John Favreau did say that the, 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 the plot and script and everything is there. Um, but, you know, things change all the time. Uh, so who knows what exactly is going to happen? It's not concrete, but there is a chance that season four may happen. I think something that scares me is that if – People think that, like, for me, I want this could be like her only season of the show, and then we see her again in the movie or she pops up in different places. I would be okay with that because I don't want them to force anything and continue a series that should have ended. Like, yeah. for me, Mandalorian could have ended at season two of The Mandalorian and not have Grogu come back because then we got three, and that ending is not nearly as good as two like was. So would have been better if Grogu was still with Luke, but that's a discussion yeah, exactly. for not an Ahsoka centric podcast. <laughs> yeah. Did you did you not like the Looney Tunes ending in season three where like just kind of whoop? I did find that hilarious. Like I like goofy Star Wars, but yeah. But I didn't like that they just copy and pasted that and put that in Dial of Destiny for Indiana Jones. I was like, you, <laughs> you can't do that twice. I, I, I know you're the same studio, but you can't do that twice in the same year, man. Like, come on. <laughs> um, but yeah. Oh man. Um, anyway, now, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, all of the new Anakin uh, close-ups, I'm in love with. Because I can do the scar a lot better now, and I and he he, he looks great. Hayden looks great, and yeah. and 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 of just every scene that he's in, he he just channels the Clone Wars version mixed yeah. with his version, and he just does it in such a fantastic way. Yeah. And I just I can't I can't get over it. I can't yeah. get over how flawless it was, and how. Him being there didn't feel like, you know, hey, let's have Hayden Christensen come back for a cameo. It it felt like he was meant to be there. There was a reason yeah. why. And it wasn't just to have a cameo to have a cameo. Like, he was there for a purpose. And this purpose mm -hmm. was, you know, again, you know, fulfilling his destiny of being a, a, a Jedi master and finishing her training. And I just, it, it, it all just blended in so well. Um, now the, now the whole Sith thing of where he turns on, 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 on the red lightsaber and everything. I was, how do you guys feel about that? Were you guys like, Oh, like, you know, that makes sense. Or were you like, Holy crap. I, 
I was kind of that. That's what makes me question, like, if this is just a manifestation of Anakin in Ahsoka's head, or if it's actually like Anakin as his, I don't know, Force ghost essence or whatever. Like, if, if it's really Anakin perpetuating this, or if it was Ahsoka perpetuating this happening in her mind, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. So I I feel like, because someone else had said it earlier, and I had a similar idea, um, someone like that made a comment um, about him being, like, the ghost of Christmas past. So it's, yes. I feel like, kind of, so how he's, like, flipping between, you know, Clone Wars, Anakin, and, you know, basically Vader. I mean, that literally is like a flash that happens a couple times. Um, I feel like it's him. There's so many layers to it. So I'll say it's, it's him, you know, obviously the siege of Mandalore is when it happens. And I think that that's significant, obviously, because that's the same time, right. That he turns. And I think that he's also playing on her guilt that she could have done something. And playing on her emotions to teach her a lesson. I think that he knows what triggers her because, you know, they say like, oh, the force ghosts, like, you know, see everything that's going on. And I think that he's not messing with her, but teaching her a lesson based off of what she feels guilty and can't let go of. Yeah. Uh, and the scene of where they kind of leave Mandalore and then he walks through and it flashes, um, like of where he's Anakin, but then like Darth Vader and Anakin. That was so beautiful. (laughs) I think one of my favorite details about that is when he's like, you lack conviction. It's not just Hayden talking. They blended in like Vader's like voice with his voice. So it was a mix of James Earl Jones and Hayden like talking at the same time and it and and it was just like oh my gosh like what yeah uh, oh man it, it it was so cool so many oh. layers to that again i feel like i could have a whole episode of just talking about all the different <laughs> layers of these like yeah. as someone who like writes and reads a lot i feel like those flashbacks and everything like just made me so excited on top of why everyone's excited. Uh, and then also during this scene right here, like as she puts her blade closer to Anakin, you actually see her eyes turn yellow. And this is something that Brooke and Craig and I had to I didn't know go and rewatch. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't so. know if it was actually her eyes turning le- yellow or it was just that the lightsaber was red. I thought that too, but as soon as I leaned in, you could definitely see the like, you know, kind of Sith eyes, but then she tosses it. Um, kind of echoing what happened to Luke when he was fighting Vader in, in Return of the Jedi, of where he like he, he was about to you know take out his dad, and, and then he's like, "No, I'm a Jedi like my father before me." And Ahsoka tossing the lightsaber, and and where she's just like, "Yeah, um, I I choose to live." That was just like the oh my god, yes, yeah, dark side is not living. Yeah. Yeah. I I saw someone say earlier too that like she is more like Anakin than either she may want to admit or maybe some people want to admit like how similar they are. So I think that that like seeing him turn 
and like all the things that she went through helped her stay more you could say in the middle on the light side whatever um but i think that that really influenced her and i think that she was maybe even scared at some points that she could turn into that because of how similar they were i mean they made comments about that during the clone wars series yeah about how similar they are yeah that's a and, scary thing to be well, and i think that's why during rebels um she like she wants to keep anakin's secret but also i think she's kind of ashamed of of just everything that went down and then you go to season seven and you see that th th there's a moment of where um which it, it it's a scene directly out of the out of the movie out of revenge of the sith but they uh but it's from her point of view of where mace windu's like i sense a plot to destroy the jedi and and in and, and, and of that scene and then at the end of where yoda was like you know, hey, Ahsoka, is there anything that you want to pass on to Anakin? And she's like, no, I'm good. Like, yeah. I think she feels guilty and I think she feels ashamed and maybe she thinks that things could have played out differently. Yeah. And all these visions kind of are kind of playing like the greatest hits, but also at the same time, it's kind of going back to, you know, her fears and everything. Yeah. And, um, and then this is where... Dave Filoni being a big Lord of the Rings fan plays in because when she comes <laughs> back, yeah, a soap yeah. of the white, <laughs> yes, and love that outfit though. Yeah, she yeah. looked awesome, and you can totally tell like when she comes back as a soap of the white. I mean, everyone's just gonna start calling her. Oh, absolutely. Now. But like when she comes back, you can totally feel her whole demeanor change too. Yes. And one of my complaints with the first four episodes was that I like, she didn't. And like, I chalked it up to her, like just being older, but I think it was like her. I don't know if you want to call her being like grumpy or closed off or whatever. I think that was intentionally turned up in those episodes to show how like much she pulled herself in because of that guilt yeah. that she felt. And for the rest of this episode, she's Hannah mentioned earlier, she's like smirking and joking and like, yes, it kind and of feels like what we're used to before with Ahsoka. And if you think about what happened to her after the Clone Wars, having to hide and having to suppress who she is, like, I don't know. If I've, read most of the Ahsoka book, but grad school kind of, you know. Um, so I feel like her having to suppress all of that, she didn't get to talk to anyone about it. She didn't get to, you know, let it out. She didn't get to figure out any of it. And I think that that just built up in different ways over time. And, you know, even all the stuff that happens to her in Rebels, like, it's almost like she got like a short break from war and then it happened again. Almost. Yeah. You know? So it's very interesting to see her like be like so closed off um, in certain ways, especially emotionally. Cause she like loved Anakin, like a brother. So I think that that really makes her like kind of like cold in the first yeah. 
four episodes. Yeah. And even if you see her like in the Mandalorian, like she's very like stone faced almost. She is happier in the Mandalorian than she yeah. is in the first. For sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Because she sees it. Grogu yeah. and starts talking to him and then mm -hmm. smiles yeah. and smirks at it. Yes, yeah. for sure. And I think like there were like very small times in the first four episodes where you could see that, but like not as much as we do at the end of this one. No. And yeah, because as, as soon as we like see Ahsoka like uh, talking to the Purgles and everything, like I'm like that. That is Ahsoka right there. Like yes, I, exactly. I, I felt the Clone Wars energy just kind of. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. Um, and then this scene right here in particular, uh, I, and I think Josh probably picked up on it right away. This is kind of a Jedi phone order Easter egg to Cal Kestis because Cal Kestis can do the Force Echo thing. There's only a few Jedi that can do it, and okay, sure. and and the fact that Ahsoka was doing it was like, oh, okay, cool, um, because. Certain Jedi and certain Force-sensitive beings have certain um, mutations, and this is one of those mutations that only a few people can have. So, speaking um, of mutations, it's really weird to see her without her headband. <laughs> I was thinking how like they did it well. Put it back on. <laughs> yeah, it was so interesting to see that, and like yeah. I kind of almost giggled at it. Like it, it was, was like it felt like she was like naked in a way, <laughs> like not like a gross. Way, I mean, but, like, yeah, is like, <laughs> and there was something what? funky about it. Like, it I don't was know how you're gonna make that look any better. Honestly. Yeah, right. Like, no, I don't course. know what. Like, no, it, it looks, looks good. But like, like when someone's not wearing their glasses and they look kind of like just different without, them, <laughs> you know, that's like, yeah. whoa, that's funky. Yeah. And it was like you just said, Josh. Like, how do you like? What do you make that transition look like? I kind yeah. of forget if we see that with Shock T at all, but I feel like I remember kind of a, a more smooth like fade into the. Yeah. yeah, but I think the only way I, I I think the only time that we see Ahsoka, there's only there's only one other scene where she's not where she doesn't have like her headband thing, and that's when it's like a it's like the flashback episode, like it's just like a five second scene where Plo Koon is meeting yeah. Ahsoka yeah. for the first time mm -hmm. like as a baby pretty much yeah um but other than that yeah that that definitely threw me off and i remember brooke was like oh okay yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um but yeah no um the i man i just thought this whole episode was just fantastic and yeah. it, yeah. it felt like a movie it honestly felt like a movie I do think it's interesting just because, like, I know we have to hop off soon, but, like, looking towards the end of the episode, seeing, like, the, like, New Republic and all of them, like, how they're trying to control things super hard still, and just seeing how Hera is still, you know, she says once a rebel, always a rebel or something, right? I believe that's yeah. what she says, or she said along yep. the same lines. Yeah. Like, seeing those Feels. comparisons i feel like you can see why you know everything happened Feels again very empire yes obviously not like, to the same extreme but feels empire like they're trying to control so hard that like they missed that whole what was the planet that they went to to like see what was going on hera and ahsoka what? where they went to the like, like manufacturing place. Oh, um, like, you, like they were yeah. so like 
oh really. yeah there's nothing there we are all good and then they don't like go check it again because they're so i don't know hyper focused on certain things that and they let and things slip under them to me the the way that they're acting is the reason why the first order was to rise up just because the fact that they're like hey we defeated the empire even though you know it's kind of there but we defeated the uh -huh. empire like yeah. there's peace and we don't have to worry about anyone doing that again and that's kind of their their it's mindset not, of what we see in the mandalorian and yeah. the book of boba fett and yeah. now in ahsoka that's their main mindset and yeah. they're it's like oh that um, could be happening again we got it Right. And that kind of, um, it kind of relates kind of to where in Harry Potter, where they're like, oh, like Voldemort's not really coming back. And then he comes back. Right. And, you're just like, and then, right. Like, how could yeah. that happen? It's fine. Right. Yeah. And you see, like, they talk about it in the Princess and the uh, Scoundrel book, like, how, like, yeah, like, we, you know, defeated Darth Vader, but what about all these other people? And they touch on that in Ahsoka, like, all these people who, served the empire super loyally like what's happening with them because obviously they're not just going to kill a ton of people but yeah i think it's interesting to see the politics of it for sure yeah the um and oh man yeah no it's and the thing that we were all all kind of talking about as uh as we got done watching it was are we going to go to the other galaxy in the next episode, or are we just going to spend the whole episode in Coruscant? Of, yeah, of, we of, better like, go to the other planet. It's like, boom, it's Hera's trial. And then and, and, and then Hera's just trying to be <laughs> like, no, politics. it's fine. <laughs> yeah. mm. It would not be a oh, Dave Filoni project if we didn't spend one episode just kind of <laughs> talking about politics. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. It would be interesting either way, but yeah. not for the next one. Yeah. Uh, space whales, Purgle. Yes. How do we feel oh, about God. the whole... I mean, because so cool. I... For, for... So, Josh, you really didn't watch Star Wars Rebels. You kind of skimmed through it. How did you feel about the whole Purgle thing? I mean, it's a creature in Star Wars, and their history is cool. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, fair enough. That kind of sums it up for me too. Like, I'm not <laughs> like I don't know what you mean. Like, I mean, like I, I, I know what they're capable of. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, the, I mean, because of some people who like didn't watch Rebels, I saw some of their reactions, and they're like, "Why are there space whales?" Like, but they explained what they were in yeah. the previous episodes in the show. Yeah, right. I, I. I, I know that, but like it's yeah, it's oh man, it's <laughs> they were so cool though. I mean, that's just so cool. <laughs> I would love to see that. <laughs> the <laughs> whole, the whole. <laughs> we have to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, that was sick. Yeah. yeah. I. Oh man, I'm just trying to wrap my head around just everything. Still, we yeah. got live action Clone Wars. We got. Lord of the Rings somehow in Star Wars. We got, you know, giant space whales. Um, and it just, it felt like Star Wars. It really felt mm -hmm. like classic Star Wars. Not saying that the Mandalorian and all the other live action shows weren't, but this really felt like it came from George Lucas. And it's because Dave Filoni worked with George Lucas and 
he just yeah. understands it so well. And I just, I, I yeah. can't believe that we got this. Yeah, yeah. definitely incredible. Maybe we'll yeah. watch it again tomorrow. <laughs> like, it's really good. No. Um, yeah. And, uh, the, so what do you think is going to happen in next week's episode? Do you think that we will go to Coruscant or do you think that we're, I think we'll at least jump back and forth between Coruscant and Probably. what's happening with everybody else. Mm-hmm. Okay. Everything that's happened with everyone else is what I really care about in this show. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm like, can we please like, <laughs> yeah. I was waiting for like the end of the episode where it would be like, Oh, and then it's kind of like a lead up. Cause it's like, Oh, we found Thrawn or something, something like that. Oh, kept, sure. kept me tied it over until the next episode. But I'm mm-hmm. hoping that our whole reveal of Thrawn is not just a very end thing. If it is, I'm going to be very sad. <laughs> yeah. Understandable. Like maybe if we saw him end of the next episode, at least that would be, Please. You know, that would be nice. <laughs> Cause I feel like obviously we didn't see Sabine or anything that's happening on that ship. So I feel like we got to go and see at least something while they're traveling to the yeah. other, you know, literal <laughs> galaxy. <laughs> like, I feel like we got to see something with them and see what's going on. Uh, yeah. Can't yeah. leave her for two episodes. Nope. Uh, and I'm, and it might just be the, you know, the big Clone Wars fan and just like just a big Anakin fan, but I really hope that they actually go into the world between worlds, like somehow Ezra is tied into it. So we see him again. But, yeah. You know, yes. Oh, that would be so great. Yeah. If we saw him again. But hopefully we see some of that. Yeah. Next week. Mm-hmm. That's what we're all open for. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Uh, Hop off. Yeah. But it was great talking tonight. Yeah. And yeah. Thank you for having me. Yes. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> you crushed it. Yeah, honestly. All right. All right. Talk to you later, guys. See ya. Right. Uh, so, Josh, do you think that we will... Um, do you think that we're gonna go back into the world between worlds or do you honestly think like boom that's it i could have it in other parts of the series um in like in star wars i think we should just finish it up and get back to our main story unless it plays a pivotal role in what comes next then i don't feel like there's a need for it okay that's fair like if someone's like this is how we're gonna get back we're gonna use the world between worlds i'm like cool it's established awesome great but if not i'm kind of like point yeah i i'm just curious on how they're gonna make sense of the whole ezra and thrawn surviving thing like i'm 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 just curious yeah i am how that's gonna play into effect because when they when we last saw them the windows on the star destroyer were cracked open and they just went into hyperspace and it's just like you know it's there's only one person that we know that survived getting sucked into the vacuum of space, and that's Leia, and and and, and the Last Jedi. But I don't think they would do that again with like Ezra and Thrawn. So I'm just I'm curious in how they're gonna do it. And honestly, I think the world between worlds would be the best way to kind of make that make sense. Because if not, I don't want them to be like, oh look, it's Thrawn and Ezra, and they don't explain why 
they survived. I really hope that they give an explanation on how they survived. If it's not the world between worlds, but to me, the logical thing is to do the world between worlds. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't think that Ahsoka's story technically for me is like the most exciting thing of the show. And I know a lot of people who have come onto the show also say the same thing. It's literally been just like anything to do with Balin and Shin. A lot of people are like, yeah, that's that's where I'm clicking right now. So I hope Ahsoka can do a 180 and become a more likable character in this season. Yeah, I I'm man, like there's there's so much to there's to me there's just so much ground to cover and i know you were talking about that like you know we're slowly running out of time but i think we will get there and if it does kind of end on the hanger on like on the three episodes yes (laughs) in three episodes i know know. (laughs) there is a lot of things balancing at the end of this episode and that final episode i'm just like how is this gonna end? Like, I'm just, I'm just, I'm curious. I'm excited, but at the same time, like, I want to know because it just stresses me out of just how much time we have left. And, um, but at the same time, I think they did cover a decent amount of ground in this episode. I, I especially this was a life changing, um, moment for Ahsoka, and you definitely see it at the end like ahsoka is it to me as ahsoka again and 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 it's just incredible and this was probably to me rosaria dawson's like best um and interpretation of the character she did such a phenomenal job in this episode i think that it's not very well portrayed in the fact of what she's learning because even like last night we had a whole bunch of viewers who had messaged in and said I don't really understand. Like it's, it's way too smart what they were doing in there for me, or I don't really understand what the life lesson is. And I don't think there really is as, as big of a on the nose life lesson as there was for when uh, Obi-Wan was talking to Anakin and like, Hey, you can just let it go. That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so for me, I'm kind of like, eh, <laughs> like I, I wish it was a better lesson or explained better for people and including me because like I'm, I'm i still think that that whatever she learned in there was kind of up in the air yeah like what is what does i choose to live mean if you haven't seen her not choosing to live i think she was so for anakin <laughs> no well well, well no i mean th- 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 that's a great question but it's a loaded answer because Anakin chose to be a Jedi, but he also chose to um, give in into those attachments. And Ahsoka, and you see those teachings from Anakin kind of pass on to her of where she kind of struggles with that too. But going back to what Hannah said earlier, you know, the whole episode is about her letting go. And she's been holding on to this guilt. She's been holding on. What's the guilt? Of what she she feels responsible of, for, for for Anakin becoming Vader. So we're getting the same thing twice. That's what I don't like. That's I, I'm like, can we not do this again? We've done this already, and we've done it better already. Please, don't I know. Do this again. I I, <laughs> I I know I, but it's like I don't think that it would be good for the character to not, you know, at least acknowledge 
that's why I think that it should have been like shorter. I would have loved not even her just going through the world between worlds, but her falling off the cliff into the water. And as she's there, um, she's helped up like onto the, the beach shore and it's Anakin as a force ghost to talk to her. And I would have loved that in comparison to this, where I feel like it's far more cryptic. And then we go, look, you remember all this stuff? Yay. And I was <laughs> like, okay. Like, I'm like, great. We're seeing stuff. Like if you like Clone Wars, that's amazing. But like, like I like Clone Wars, but I don't like the Clone Wars that much in comparison. Yeah. Same. So, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> like uh. I feel, I, I don't like how another thing that's becoming kind of scary for me is that we always have to have a Skywalker in a series to make the series good in their head. The only time like they keep on putting Skywalker stuff Uh, into series that don't need to be there. Well, I mean, if you look at Andor, that's a fine. Andor is the only one. Well, well, hang on. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I like, I, I, I mean, they were leaning there for a while of being like, you know, Hey, this is the Skywalker saga. This is the Skywalker story. I think Andor is a fine example of, of you don't have to be a Skywalker in order to have your story told. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the Mandalorian was going that way too. And I kind of figured that we would end up seeing Luke and everything. And we and and that ended up being the case. And we got that in the Book of Boba Fett. But let's face it, those last three episodes of Book of Boba were pretty much season two and a half of Mando. And 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 then you go into season three, and we don't even deal, we don't even deal like we don't have any connection to any of the Skywalkers, I believe, right? There's no connection there. That was like a that was a Mandalorian story of, of, of season three of man. Yeah, it's, it's, it is, but it's still brought up about like training for him. And it's my thing for it is that I think that we, as all star Wars fans should just drop this, like Skywalker saga and go in a different direction. Or if we're going to stay in this time period, give us new characters. Most people will latch on to new characters rather than old ones. I can guarantee you that because even Balin and and Shin have become like fan favorite characters. I I think I had watched another YouTube video where they were talking about how Star Wars is the most unique in the fact that they can only just show you a character and that character becomes immediately like that everyone wants to know about it. Like people were making costumes for Kylo Ren before Kylo Ren had ever even hit the screen. Yeah. Why don't they do that more with the new characters? How Solo, a Star Wars story, could have been not Han Solo. And if it wasn't Han Solo, I think people would have been a lot more okay with it. Like, if it wasn't, it was like a a new character. I still think that that probably would have done better. Yeah. Yeah. Like, towards the future, please, please let us just move away from Skywalker stuff. And keep the stuff that's new. I love new stuff. Yeah, I I mean, who who knows? And uh skeleton crew, you know, you uh you uh you might get that, you know, that that crossover scene of Luke Skywalker being like, Hey guys, I'm building my temple, and then he just kind of walks past the temple. I mean, because of that show is gonna be happening during the Mando timeline. 
Um, which that show I think is going to have the, to me, I feel like that show will kind of show the percussion, like the, like of everything happening in Ahsoka will kind of carry on into that show of where, you know, Thrawn may be back and that might be like kind of the, kind of the word on the street when like the kids are doing their own adventure and they're like, Oh, Thrawn. Oh, interesting. Like I could see that happening. Um, but I think you're right. I think staying away from as much as I love seeing Anakin in this, it's, and this is really, really hard for me to say because I am a, I'm an Anakin Skywalker, like diehard fan uh, is that, having more original characters is really what helps build the star Wars lore. Um, I don't mind building more to, to, to the characters that we already know, but at the same time, uh, having new characters introduced into the star Wars universe is what makes star Wars. So unique kind of going off what you were saying. If you go and, uh, and watch the cantina scene in new hope, you have all those, you know, all, all those aliens there, right? But if you listen or read the book a certain point of view, um, you've got so many chapters of just each individual person of in that cantina. And some of those characters are on screen for like, you know, two seconds. Mm-hmm. But, but you get a whole story of why they're there and why everything is like connected. And it's just the small things like that that make Star Wars so phenomenal. And it brings in so many new fans, like of just being like, "Oh, who is that? Um, who's that green guy that has like the long, you know, hair?" And it's Kit Fisto, and he doesn't say any lines in any of the movies, but he's one of the coolest characters of all time. Like, it's the small things like that, and I think they need to introduce more. And I think that's what Skeleton Crew will do because from the trailer that you and I saw, um, uh, looks good. Yeah, it, it, it looks fantastic. So I'm excited to see where that goes. Uh, we have a question. Uh, when do you, when do we think Ahsoka dies? Where was she during the sequels? Well, I know the theory you guys talked about last week, which is something that I that I mentioned to David too, and I think I mentioned a while ago was um, that it would make sense, and if Ahsoka had her line that was in rise of skywalker happen in maybe the next episode because that would explain why she was able to you know kind of communicate because dave filoni did say when rise of skywalker comes out just because you heard her voice doesn't mean that she's dead so that's something that i was thinking that would make sense but we don't know what's happening to her we honestly don't know what do you think i don't think she's dead as of yet, I I wouldn't doubt that they're going to keep her alive for a long time. If not, then I feel like something that I will say that I would have loved is if we went back to the whole, like, Mortis thing. And in the yes. world between worlds, like, I wish they would have brought more of him being, like, the father. Yeah. I wish that, like, if this conversation has to be done in the world between worlds, have him be the father have ahsoka be like the sister i don't know who's going to be the brother as of yet but i still feel like that could have been something more important in my head yeah i don't think that she is going to necessarily like die in a sense of like i was fighting this thing but i wouldn't doubt that she becomes like something with the force that is like whether that's the the light side of the force 
Well, I don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah. I would also love to – so, to me, I think one great thing would be that to have Hayden come back as Anakin, like to justify it, the, there's only two ways that I can see it, which is the theory you just said of where, like, he becomes, like – where like he becomes the like the father and he kind of takes over that role or he visits ahsoka as a force ghost every now and then mm-hmm. um and honestly i think there's going to be a moment in the dave <laughs> filoni movie where where ahsoka is there luke is there and leia is there and they're having a conversation or something like after the big battle or something and then anakin shows up and then that would be like the big moment of where it's like, oh my gosh, it's all the generations. This is crazy. Like, I really I wonder if they're going to have Ahsoka be the first person to talk to Anakin rather than Luke to have a good conversation. Seeing that in in live action is going to be nuts. Like, of 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 Luke talking to Anakin would just be crazy. But oh, I also, <laughs> yeah, um, of but of of seeing that on screen would just be crazy. But something else that I would love to see is is Ahsoka and Luke and Leia talk about Anakin in like the old days of the Clone Wars and and like now that she's kind of out of that depression mode of where she was kind of holding in the guilt of everything that happened i think we're gonna see more of the ahsoka that we're used to and you kind of saw that side uh you you kind of see the side that we see in the ahsoka show in star wars rebels of where she's kind of more kind of fallen back into herself and she's more quiet and not as fun and exciting as she was in the clone wars but the last couple of minutes of this episode to me, that was like that is Ahsoka. That's the Ahsoka that we fell in love with back in two thousand eight. Of just the way that that Rosario that Rosario Dawson just channeled that was incredible, and the way that Hayden, you know, I I, I keep saying it, but the way that Hayden channeled um, the Clone Wars version of Anakin in this was just fantastic. It it it, it was surreal, um, just because of Matt Lanter did such an, an incredible job with that, and I just love the fact that. I guarantee you that they had conversations of being like, you know, Anakin would do this. And I know that Hayden went back and watched the Clone Wars as well to prep for Obi-Wan Kenobi and probably for Ahsoka. So, ah, so much. Uh, Let's see. There's this comment. I was talking about this at some point today. Was Hera hearing the the saber fight too? So not Jason having force ability yet. So here's the answer to that is... And in, in, in my opinion, is that there's a line from a new hope. The um the the force is what gives a Jedi its power. It's an energy field um that lives in all human beings, right? So the force is, you know, in, in everyone. So my thing is that yes, it could have been the planet, uh, but I think that this is kind of hinting at you don't have to be force sensitive like as Anakin and you know, I mean, we said we, we, we established that in the series, and I think that yeah. something that I mean, fans have always speculated is that the best pilots all are force sensitive. Whether that's force sensitivity where you can command the force, which is, I would say, is a Jedi or a Sith or 
someone yeah. like that or being able to feel it to make fast time reactions like pilots. So, yeah. and if we're establishing that everyone has a force, it's just, it's all used in different ways. I think that's a really cool factor. It's yeah. almost like you're, everyone has like different powers, but they're used in different ways. So I think it's cool. No, <clears throat> I can't wait to see where the, where the, where the next episode goes. It's going to be great. Mm -hmm. uh before we go and um and uh and say our farewells i uh we are going to be doing something called the um uh, star uh the star wars thought of the week so here is uh this week's star wars thought of the week josh if you were introducing someone to star wars how would you begin their star wars journey like what what like what movie would you start with and then kind of go? And yeah. the reason why I bring this up is because Chris is uh, of, of my friend, Chris is introducing his girlfriend to star Wars pretty much for the first time. And he started with four five and six, right? Yeah. But then yeah. he went back to rogue one. And I was like, yes, I, 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 I did the same eyebrow thing. I was like, what? So how would you start someone's, like journey i would just start at a new hope that's that's okay. the key point i know george lucas wants it to be like one two three four five six but i do believe that it should start with the our original trilogy okay yeah try showing someone like the phantom menace and be like what's going on here like yeah are you following this like are you following uh intergalactic trade routes and blockades like <laughs> And you're like, what? What is happening? It's this this is Star Wars. This is exactly <laughs> <laughs> like, what is this? Um, um, and then I feel like it gives you a, a good play point. Like, let's say you watch the first three movies, and then you watch maybe the prequels. Um, and then you kind of can get the kind of vibe of what they like about it, what the series they like about it. They don't have to watch everything. It's like, what do you what do you like about it? Oh, I, I really liked like the the, the the original trilogy okay let's let's go watch rogue one this explains this or let's go watch andor this explains this and that i feel like it gives options i don't think there is really that much of an options for the sequel trilogy right now but i will get there someday yeah <laughs> yeah i uh man no i so for for me and tell me if you've heard this theory is well well not theory of just kind of a way to watch Star Wars is you watch episode four and five, and then you get to spoiler alert for anyone that has watched Star Wars of, of, of the part of where Vader's like, no, I am your father. You know, after that moment, that's a big moment in Star Wars history, right? Then you don't watch six right away. You go back to one, two, and three. You like kind of do that journey. <laughs> that's so much effort. Like, And that's then like... you watch episode six. Yeah, no, that's so much effort. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> I literally like just movies engage how how you like the series. <laughs> well, there you go. Ah, well, there you go. That is our Star Wars thought of the week. Uh, thank you, everyone who is part of our Patreon. We love you all. Uh, thank you for being part of the journey. Like you know, for forever it feels like. Uh, we're also on YouTube, Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Uh, please go subscribe. Uh, we have a fun announcement happening tomorrow, by the way, uh, not just for YouTube, but for all of our channels, which is pretty big. You don't want to miss it. 
So just check it out tomorrow. Just saying. Uh, Instagram at Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Twitter. Well, X. Sorry. Uh, at Stuff Pod. Threads. Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Check that out. Josh runs that. Again, we're on Patreon at Star Wars Stuff Podcast two one eight seven. We got some great content on there. We're also on TikTok. Search Star Wars Stuff Podcast. We're our, our email, you know, Star Wars Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. Email us, talk to us. We love to hear back from you guys, your feedback. We're also on Facebook, Star Wars Stuff Group, and Star Wars Stuff Podcast page. Please go on Apple Podcasts, give us our review. We actually have been reading them. We are getting your feedback. Uh, and so, and that also shows that you listen. So thank you so much for that. Uh, there's always room for improvement. Our website is StarWarsStuffPodcast.com. Check it out. We have pretty much everything that I'm talking about right now is on our website. There's a link tree that will take you to everything that we're talking about. We're also on Twitch, Star Wars Stuff Gaming. And that is all. Josh, do you have any closing thoughts for the audience? Uh, may the force be with you. That is, that is so breathtaking. I Man. What a quote. (laughs) All right. May the force be with you. Always.